Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Here we go, rolling into the 9 o'clock hour. Crabtree's floating away. Greg Bell's floating away. Hugh Millen is stuck with me and Slickhawk here for the 9 o'clock hour. We'll be joined by Jason Lockenfora in just a couple of moments. Morning headlines. Mariners lose, Mariners lose, finding new and exciting ways to remain four games out in the wild card. All they needed to do was go 12 and 11. That's it, folks. 12 wins and 11 losses in the last 23 games would have tied them in the wild card lead with the Minnesota Twins. But instead of going 12 and 11, nay, they decided, Slick, we'd rather go 8 and 15. No, oh, well. Because that's more fun. To go 8-15 and 15 and to still be four games back. It's not fun for me. And it's not fun for me and fun for you. It's not fun for anybody involved. No. Yanks blast the Twins again. <sighs> Why? Because the Twins are terrible, just like the rest of the teams trying to get into the second wild card. Aaron Judge joining Ted Williams and Al Rosen as the only rookies with 100 runs scored, 100 RBIs, and 100 walks. All rise. All rise for the judge. Titans rookie wide receiver Corey Davis ruled out of Sunday's game against the Hawks with a hamstring injury. So their wide receiver core, which is already kind of yeah, is even less than yeah. I don't think the Titans are going to be able to move the ball through the air very, uh, very well. Dolphins and Saints have made a trade. Dolphins acquiring linebacker Stephon Anthony for a fifth-round draft pick. Magic Johnson subpoenaed at a, as a witness in a civil lawsuit accusing Warriors star Draymond Green of assaulting a man outside an East Lansing restaurant last summer, Magic being subpoenaed because he tweeted right after the incident that he talked to Green, who was very apologetic. And the Raging Bull, legendary boxer Jake LaMotta, has passed away at the age of 95. Let's get to our man on the scene. It's time for our weekly conversation with CBSSports.com's NFL insider, Jason Lockenfora, presented by Zeke's Pizza, homegrown in the Northwest. Now, here's Mitch in the morning. Jason Lockenfora joining us from Parts Unknown, but he'll tell us what the Parts Unknown are. Where you at, Jason? I'm home, man. Beautiful. I'm home. Up in the attic? Be more MD. No, I'm actually in the kitchen right now, man. Gotcha. Gotcha. Got some leftover steak. I can't wait Ooh, to heat up beautiful. and eat, but I'm going to put it on hold, and the dog's eyeing it up even more than I am. <laughs> what kind but, of steak? Uh, what do you got? It's actually a little fillet. It's a little uh, fillet. Second only... day fillet. Not as good as first day fillet. I wouldn't know. I'll I've never actually it. had a leftover fillet. Let me tell you. Yeah, that, leftover <laughs> fillet is you. not in Slickhawk's no. vocabulary. It wouldn't have been in mine until like 
probably eight weeks ago, but yeah. Dick Fane has seen me throw down a thirty ounce ribeye at Daniel's Broiler. Thirty ounces. He threw it. Did you ever get the cowboy cut, like the bone in? Oh yeah, bone in ribeye. It looked uh-huh. like a oh, looks like something that Fred Flintstone would eat. That's yeah. that's my yeah, jam. Yeah, brontosaurus burger. I'm down. I'm it's way good down. stuff. Well, we got plenty of NFL to talk about. I actually want to throw a curveball at Jason. See if he can hit a curveball first pitch here. Well, the Orioles can't. Uh, so yeah, that's right, true. I'm, and the, Mar- the Orioles can't, red. and the Mariners can't either. Uh, yeah. Hugh and I, Hugh and I, a couple of days. Was it yesterday or the day before? Um, talked about the story in the Washington Post about the the dangers of youth football, and it talking about uh, the study of over it was over two hundred uh, people that were now in their fifties that played youth football, you know, 35, 40 years ago and and the cognitive issues that they have they have shown yeah. like twice as bad as people that didn't and in some stats they were, you know, three times as as bad as as people that didn't play youth football. I'm interested to get your uh, get your take on that story as a as a football fan and then also as a father of a yeah. young son, like I'm a father yeah. of a young son trying to decide whether to put my kid in football. Yeah, um I guess I'll start with, with the report first. I I, I, uh, I haven't read the whole report, but I, I did read the initial story in the New York Times about it and some subsequent stuff. Um, I, obviously, this is an individual choice for everybody, and I think as a society, we've become much more educated on brain trauma in general, and certainly brain trauma as it relates to youth sports in the last 15 years than probably the previous, I don't know, 50 years combined. Um, and youth soccer up to certain age groups, I know at least here, you know, kids aren't allowed to head the ball until, I mean, I think my daughter's in under 13 now. She's allowed to. My son who plays under uh, 11 is not. Um, so some of this, I guess, is being handled at, at the youth level, and then some of it comes down to a parental choice. I've expressed to people at Park Avenue for years that, and I'm not a scientist, and I'm I'm not a marketing expert. I'm just a you know a dude who covers the NFL and somebody with kids. But my push to the NFL years ago, just talking to people informally at events and such, was instead of USA Football and heads up tackling and all that. Like if it, from my standpoint, if you re, if we're really battling for the hearts and minds of suburban moms, why do we need to hit it all until high school? I mean, you could do walk-up drills without helmets where you teach kids fundamental, but why do we have to have full-speed tackling with helmets for kids, you know, at at least until middle school? And personally, my my thought is high school. Um, I mean, maybe that hurts player development and and whatever else. I'm sure there's counter-arguments. But from a health and safety standpoint, if you really want to get ahead of this thing, start doing NFL, you know, flag football, expand that, NFL 7-on-7, NFL drills for future linemen, uh, NFL skills clinics every Saturday and Sunday that, that the NFL and USA football oversees. But why, why are there? What was that show, th- Friday Night Tykes or whatever, where you, you're literally watching 8- and 10-year-olds beating the snot out of each other? Now, maybe I'm a sissy and I don't know. <laughs> maybe I'm just a liberal a-hole or whatever. You could call me a bunch of different things. But I don't really know that when the rubber meets the road and we're talking about tiny brains that that – doesn't maybe discretion just a better part of valor and and does it real does tackle football need to be a youth sport the nfl has obviously not gone in that direction and they've gone more and more to mom's clinics and having people talk to groups about how safe it is and heads up tackling and the seahawks tackling drill and trying to better 
train and oversee who actually are coaching these eight-year-old tacklers? I don't know. To me, it's a personal preference. Um, where we live, we're just outside Baltimore City. Football isn't a big deal. The local high school here, Towson High School, you know, their family goes to games, but it's not it's not a big event. I mean, we could walk to their, their games, and, you know, maybe once every few years we do. But I grew up in a culture where it was a lot of Polish and Italian immigrants where I grew up in Baltimore City. We played soccer, 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 soccer. That's what you did in the fall. Really, that's what you did year-round. Um, but it's funny. Mateo, my five-year-old, is a big kid. Like, he's the biggest kid in his class, like, if it really came down to it, my five-year-old could probably whip the backside of my 10-year-old, like if they really threw down. Right. And I just sort of was casually mentioning, like the other day, like we were watching a little bit of a football game, and we don't watch much football here at all, really none, because I'm gone every weekend. My kids have never been to a football game. Um, like, hey, Mateo, would you want to play? And he's like, oh, I don't think so, no. But Lauren heard me talking to her from upstairs, and she like was like, forget about it. She's like, don't even mention it again. She's like, it's not – that's a non-starter, and I get it. And I was just sort of doing it somewhat facetiously because, you know, if he wanted to, then I would maybe get him in some clinics. I wasn't intending to put him in, ta- you know, right. But your wife's out tackle man. football. Yeah. But I could. He like she immediately like she was folding uh, clothes upstairs, and I was like, you know, feeding him in the kitchen, and she overheard it. And she was like yelling down like, no, Mateo, no, 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 like that's not. Yes, you're not doing that. Like you're playing soccer. But it's. I think. I think it really is cultural, and where we are. Way more like, and the kids are playing soccer. They're playing year-round lacrosse. They're playing fall ball lacrosse, or they're playing fall baseball, or they're playing soccer, or they're playing field hockey. Um, it, football is not. It's it's just it's not like yeah. intrinsically tied to you know what I mean. Our sporting calendar here, the pro level, yeah, but grassroots youth level, right. it, it's just not that big. You know, I I think there's so many benefits to tackle football for youth um, that is are unique to football, and and my kids have played all those sports, including lacrosse. I think there's a certain commitment level when it's cold and rainy, and and, and you're looking at your teammates, and you've got you've got to uh, you you've got to play physical. You've got and, and it's a toughness that I think you learn, not the physical part of toughness, because because that that really as far as life goes. That's a very minor thing, but I think that there's a mental toughness and fortitude that is unique to youth football that uh, that that I think has been a benefit for many decades. Now, I will acknowledge that if there are tests that that keep coming conclusively towards, hey, it's really not in the best interest, I could see a, a situation where uh, that is indeed uh, the direction that society goes in terms of youth football. I think where there could be a death knell where we talk about, let's say, several decades on down the road where football really is in jeopardy, Jason, I think would be a class action lawsuit directed at the high schools and the, and the, uh, amateur players. Yes. Yeah. yeah, Well, but, but just even just, let's say the school districts, the, you know, and, and, and former high school players bringing class action suits, that would be guys who never played professionally, but who played for free and now are suffering consequences. And then high school, you know, in college, they might say, hey, look, we're making too much money. High schools say, no, it's not worth it. Well, recently in New Jersey, and not some, like, rinky-dink school district, but a rather big one, they, high school football is no longer offered. And so, like, this is in New Jersey, not that far from New York City. Like, Why? Um, you know, for health and safety reasons and, I, I think, insurance reasons and mm-hmm. sort of some of the issues that you're, you're talking about there, mm-hmm. that rather than get behind this, we're going to we're going to take the risk out of it, and we're not going to offer it. And they, kids can still go and play 
rec league. You know what I mean? It's not like there's no options, but the school options, and this is like middle school and high school are, are being are being shut down. Jason Lockin for joining us on 950 KJR. A couple of running backs in the news. Um, I guess you could say for the for the wrong reasons, uh, but two di- very different reasons. Uh, obviously, the Eddie Lacy story in, in ESPN the magazine. We've talked nauseum about it on on this show. I'd love to get your take on that. And then and then also Zeke Elliott. I, I got to be honest. I, I was a little surprised. Not that I don't think that he was in the wrong loafing on the play. I certainly do think he was in the wrong, not trying to tackle a guy that just picked off his quarterback. But I was a little surprised at the national story it became because maybe the best running back in all of football last year decided not to run after a guy that had the ball. In a hopeless game. Right. Well, I think we need to look at that through the prism of reality and not the prism of football, which is he he, he is now – that. With the domestic violence thing being playing out through court, and this going to be the next deflate gate, I think everything associated with Ezekiel Elliott now is just magnified tenfold. So I think that's more a reflection of where he fits in this culture, okay. and that anything related to him is going to become somewhat, um, will somewhat supersede even the on-field story, just because that continues to play out on a quasi-daily basis through the courts and et cetera. And when you've got the NFL and the NFLPA launching volleys, full-on salvos at each other through the media about your victim shaming and, oh, your victim defending and you're, you know, you're only telling half the story and all that, that, you know, whether he runs for, he, he runs for 150 or whether he gets stifled or whether he hustles and, and goes 50 yards back to make a tackle no one thought he could make or whether he shuts it down, I, I think it's, it's going to become more than just the Dallas Cowboys narrative, especially this early in the season when, you know, there's – most of these games are not very good, and we're so far removed from, you know, playoff races and all that, that it, it gets it gets obscured. You know, the Eddie Lacy thing, I would just say it's a long season, man. You know, it's a long season. Uh, it's not like they broke the bank for him. They've got young legs getting it done right now. And, you know, injuries and, and things have a way of turning. So, um, you know, he, his time could still come down the road. Uh, but obviously, you know they've they've got you know, they got an undrafted kid who's getting it done and and who looks explosive right now. Um, at least he did in the second half against the Forty ers So, you know you're gonna you're gonna ride that. You alluded, Jason, somewhat to the um, shall we call it the sluggish product that is the NFL right yeah. now. I think I think ratings are down. It's generally uh, there's a discussion. You're seeing thirteen nine games, what have you. What, what are your thoughts on ways to improve the game? I've been championing a developmental league or academy for years. I've talked to Troy Vincent about this. I've, I've written about it extensively. Um, I've, you know, politicked people on the competition committee about it. I've talked to owners about it. I've talked to GMs about it. I've talked to coaches about it. Um, there has to be other means than 14 padded practices and, you know, how, however, I mean, how many training camp practices are there even? I mean, once you start playing games, you're off two days a week. I mean, I don't know. Let's say, let's say six weeks. I'll say four practices, even though most weeks it's not four. Twenty-five full training camp practices, not all of them in pads, and then fourteen in the regular season. And a college system where um, half these kids have never been under center before, the lineman or the quarterback, and everything's shotgun and it's gimmicky. And you can run option there because you're not going to get a kid killed. But we've seen in the NFL, you run too much option here 
you will get RG3 killed. Like, you throw all that in a hopper, and something's got to give. And to me, it's there has to be something real between seasons ending January 2nd, January 3rd, and OTAs, which are just glorified walkthroughs, you know what I mean, yeah. starting in May. Like, there, there has to – because there, this isn't like other sports where, you know, there's some other league you could go to or a minor league you could go to. It just doesn't – it doesn't exist. And I think the NFL needs to realize that you're not going to make money on everything. And even if it's a sunk cost, I think – if quality of play and incentivizing people to go to games and get off their couches and, you know, Goodell hates the preseason because it's so bad. Well, now September looks like the preseason. So maybe you need to find a way to invest money in this, even if there isn't a payback in terms of broadcast rights, and get the PA involved and figure something out, even if it's a seven-on-seven league. Like, there just yeah. are not – there aren't reps. There aren't enough reps. And given the state of the college game – Especially, you go back to NFL Europe. I mean, you guys ask John Schneider sometime you have him on. Ask him what he thinks about this. He's been one of the guys banging the drum hardest for this. Mm-hmm. Um, not, not, not enough of his colleagues have. Uh, but it, go back to NFL Europe. They produce quarterbacks. They produce linemen. They produce kickers. They produce coaches. They produce referees. And you could say there's a void in all those things right now in the NFL. How much of it would be? I, I referenced the 13-9 game. What if it was 43-39? And, you know, a 13-9 game, you just say, well, that's bad offense. 43-39, that's obviously bad defense. But in terms of ultimately making money and the perception of the product, would there be a substantial portion of the fan base that would say, hey, wow, this this game is really clicking. I love the scoring, what have you, even though we'd actually be watching really bad defense. Well, I would say this. Don't you feel like they're trying to get there? They've tried it through the, through the rule changes and how you can't touch quarterbacks and what you can't do to receivers now and defenseless ball carriers and everything. They're trying. I think they're doing everything they can, bending over backwards, to get us to 40-38. But when you talk about all the things I just mentioned, and you have, you know, Peyton Manning retiring and Tony Romo going off, you know, going off into the sunset, and, you know, you, you, you're some guys just plain getting older, and you're not really, you know, you don't have this sort of next group ready to replace them, or you do in guys like Russell – but there's not the infrastructure to protect him. You, you have the lineman problem there. Mm-hmm. Then I think you're left with this. I mean, this is the 1 o'clock games last week. Here's the halftime scores. 6-3, was the New England-New Orleans game. Here's some first-half quarterback lines for you. This, this, is, what, this is what we're getting. Tyrod Taylor, 5-7, 15 yards. Deshaun Kaiser. 6 of 11, 81 yards, interception, fumble. Blake Bortles, 5 for 12, 41 yards, interception. Mike Glennon, 13 of 16, 116, two interceptions. Carson Palmer, 11 of 21, 162, interception. Jacoby Brissett, 7 of 15, 73 yards. Marcus Mariota, 9 of 18, 80 yards, interception. Case Keenum, 6 of 13, 53 yards. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's not good. That is not yeah, good. Look, Copper, Copper doesn't Copper like it. Copper doesn't like it at all. He's a football game. <laughs> you know, he, he's running around the soccer games with the kids while I'm in New York on Sunday. Uh, Here, yeah, go outside. There's nobody out there. Knock yourself out. You know, they've they've through the decades they've they've changed the rules to help the offense. Remember, offensive linemen, they used to have to pass block with their their fists up against their chest. Then they allowed them to extend their hands. I think one of the things you may see 
is no jamming at the line of scrimmage. Just uh, you got to allow free access to receivers. I mean, at some I point mean, they're they are going to mandate points so oh, they yeah, make there's no, money. There's and, no and I'm not saying that's going to be I it. But balk at that. I mean, now you're. I mean, well, wow. I'm just saying they they'll they will produce points somehow or another. They're not going to. Those are. You know, those score lines you're talking about at halftime, they're not going to have college football up there in the mid-40s all the time and sit there and be mired in mid-15, you know, mid-teens games. Well, maybe they should change field goals from three to six or (laughs) make the field bigger. Go to CFL field. I mean, you want to create more space. You want to give guys more room. You want to bail these – inadequate linemen and quarterbacks out. Just play on the CFL field. Well, we're going to have a game in the teens, at least I think, on Sunday in Nashville, Tennessee, in 90-degree heat. What do you see from uh, Tennessee, Seattle? Ah, boy, that's going to be a, an old-school slobber knocker, yes, I think. Uh, Tennessee's a good football team. They have not been great at home, though. Uh, they've sort of had some bugaboos there, oddly enough. Because um, you'd think young team, young quarterback, it would be the opposite. I mean – the offensive line is legit. I mean, Tom Cable would do backflips to coach this this offensive line, and especially the, the two tackles. They just maul you. I mean, they don't just yeah. beat you. They beat you up, and they might spit in your face on the way out, yeah. too. I mean, well, some like Slick would tell you that. Slick would tell you that Tom Cable would ruin that offensive line. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, 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 Tyler Luan and Conklin, they could play for him eight days a week. Yeah. Uh, the quarterback obviously will move that pocket and and you know try to create matchups in that regard. They're not getting the ball downfield a ton, even with the addition of Decker. And I don't know that that's who they're going to be. You know, Corey Davis has been beat up since the second week of training camp when I was out there, and he got his first boo boo. So I think it's I think they're playing rugby. To your point about in the teens, um, Seattle's off. I mean, look, I, I, I get. I know we're, we're, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. The offensive line is is not good. But with the scheme they run and with all the lack of reps I was just talking about because nobody practices anymore, I still believe that they have the ability to get a little better from within, and then we'll see if something else materializes by the trade deadline. Um, but if they can just run – I mean, if, if, geez, if you could just run the ball a little bit on first down, I think that, that, that alone just changes everything. And then, you know, Russell makes a play here or there. Uh, but but I'm not going to fool you. I don't think it's going to be a super attractive football game. Mm-hmm. I think it'll be it'll be a throwback, um, you know. And and can who? It's it's simple, obviously. But who who protects the football? You know, they can't like you can't. Like, I mean, if Russell gets hit, he gets hit. But at least he's got to see it coming. You know what yeah, I mean? So yeah. he can protect the football. Yeah. You can't have him getting hit repeatedly in the back with no chance. Um, so we'll see. I, I I believe in Seattle's run game. I I do think they're going to be able to run the football. And that's why I'm not quite as freaked out on them as I am some other teams like the Giants where they can't do any like they just mm-hmm. they simply cannot move the football in any way, shape or form. And while their defense is pretty good, it's not, you know, transcendent to the degree that I I think Seattle still can be on a week in, week out basis. Jason, great discussion today, man. Thanks. Hey, my pleasure, guys. Look forward Thanks, to you next right. week. You bet, Jason Locken for uh by Zeke brought to you by Zeke's Pizza on a weekly basis. When we come back last half hour, a couple things I want to get to. One, we're gonna hear from Pete Carroll and get Hughes takes on on some of uh, Pete Carroll's comments from yesterday. And also along the lines we were just talking about. Great article that I read yesterday in The Ringer, which I think is a is a really good website, uh, insightful website. The title is How Football Stopped Being Fun. Completion percentages at an all-time high, but watchability is trending in the other direction. 
Why has the 2017 NFL season been such a slog? We'll talk about some of the reasons that they point to in this article, and we'll get Hugh's take on them as well in the final half hour on 950 KJR. Good morning, Southbound 405 continues to struggle between Canyon Park and Totem Lake. If you're leaving Federal Way, heading up to Bellevue, still about a 65-minute travel time right there. The Valley Freeway struggling after 18, and we're looking at a 40-minute travel time between Olympia and Tacoma. This report brought to you by King County. Compost more, waste less. Food scraps, including meat and bones, can be composted in your curbside yard waste cart. Find discounts on bio bags, compostable bags, and other tools to make composting clean and easy. On sale now at Bartell Drugs, visit RecycleFood.com. Calm to learn more. I'm Emery Martin. That's your Sports Radio 950 KJR Traffic. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.